Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. Nice to uh, not really see or hear all of you. I don't know who this is reaching or if it's managing to get beyond the confines of this infinitely tall and ever-growing building. Uh, but it is I, Max, still looking for an exit to this place. Um, this week, I am joined by Zach. Say hello, Zach. Hello. Coming to you live from... Is this a rooftop? You did find an exit, but it's a long way down. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if I want to. Maybe, maybe if I can, maybe fabricate a parachute or, or something like that. Maybe, mm. maybe then I'll come back here. But this, this is oh, to feel that that sunlight is so great. Mm. I mean, so we we've known each other for years. We we both started. Um, I think we we were both sort of bringing mail to people around the office. When did you get moved to? What are you doing up here? Um, they, they said birds, and I looked all over the place, and this was the only place that had them. They said so, birds? Birds, yeah. So I, I've made it my mission. It's been a while now. I've, I've made it my mission just to know anything and everything about birds and make sure these ones are well taken care of. Okay, so you're in charge of the company's birds no that's that's normal that's perfect perfectly normal um i guess i should yeah. start off uh by reading the memo that was sent across mm -hmm. the office from our boss the ceo mm -hmm. uh and it reads reads thusly mm. over the past month i've been hearing a knocking or a scraping at my door i get up from my desk and open the door but no one is there mm. The ding-dong ditcher has also been leaving copious amounts of ectoplasm behind, and I'm sick and tired of cleaning it up. I am personally donating $100 to the brave employee who manages to catch the culprit in the act. Sincerely, the boss. So, mm. One of my birds has been missing, so that might be... Mm. Do you have, like, names for the birds? Uh, no, but you're welcome to help, help me try tried numbering them but they kind of just come and go as they please um i found leashing them to the building doesn't help very much <laughs> that um, that visual <laughs> yes so it's, yeah it's not great i i'd imagine the birds would have a, <laughs> have a problem with that yes so while while we're talking about birds, I know there's there's a company regulated terminal in all the rooms I've been in so far, and I'm just looking over right now at the screen that you had pulled up before I managed to find my way out here. Is that a giant bird, like origami uh, so, figurine? Yeah. So I like I said, don't really know um, what they meant by birds, and so I know that the ancient practice of origami um, loves birds. I think uh, that's probably an overgeneralization. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not to offend any people group. Uh, I love origami. Um, all those people, all those paper you, people out there. Yeah. Um, what you see in front of you is the world's largest paper bird. I, I would assume just bird in general. Holy moly. Uh, like, I just realized um, the true scale of what I'm looking at. Yes. So that this... is the Seattle Seahawks. Um, football stadium you'll see that it goes more just over side to side the width of the football stadium um and it's just about as tall as the football stadium wow that thing is truly um, massive and i do believe the original paper size 
was 328 feet by 328 feet. What was the, like, why? Like, who did this and why? <laughs> um, I assume it's other people that were told birds. <laughs> okay. Assume, yeah. I just, um, I just, there's something so ethereal and interesting about someone just leaning across from someone else at a desk and just saying, birds. Birds, yes. And then nothing else. Yeah. Um, so I found that fascinating. And if I had a 328 by 328, both roof and piece of paper, um, I'd probably try it. But I'm lacking both of those. Interesting. So... so so I just looked up because I, I was curious about this because I don't think I've ever actually cognizantly thought about origami and what it is. Mm. But mm -hmm. based on what I'm seeing here on the terminal, according to I think mm -hmm. this is the Encyclopedia Britannica, is that it was it's basically disputed upon when exactly it became a thing because mm -hmm. we don't really have a lot of information about it prior to I think right. the 15th century is what it says here. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, it says here, many studies assert that origami was invented by the Japanese about a thousand years ago, but its roots may well be in China. It's also processed that the, uh, probable that the process of folding was applied to other materials before paper was invented. So it gets a little bit murkier because they could have been folding animals out yeah. of other things before paper. But yeah. it seems like it's, it's definitely, and I mean, even the word itself, um, is there like, what does the word actually mean? Is that just the art of folding paper? Like, I wonder what the um, word actually means. I, I don't know. I've only ever made birds. Uh, <laughs> luckily, they didn't lean across and say paper, because that would have been a whole other. I'm seeing that you're taking art. some uh, notes from uh, Lawrence Fishburne from uh, John Wick 3, I think it is, where he's like the, the, the bird guy. Yes, yes, yes. Can we talk about those um, movies real quick? Yeah, yeah, let's talk about it. Those movies have no business being as awesome as they are. Mm. And what do you think it is that, that makes them stand apart? I think, well, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on this too. I think just mm. off rip, mm. the in the first movie specifically, they did a really good job setting up his character prior to the story. So you feel that mm -hmm. sense of justification for any horrific thing he does for the rest of the movie. Like, they, they justify him properly. Instead of he's just, like, a crazy, insane protagonist who just murders mm -hmm. relentlessly and without meaning, they actually did a good job setting up his character, <laughs> I guess. Mm. Um, and I think there's that. I think there was the choreography was really good. We didn't have a bunch of shaky cam nonsense. They actually wanted the viewer to sort of soak in the fight sequences it yeah. was something to be enjoyed and so they put a lot of effort into the choreography instead of it instead of a fight being a mechanism to propel the story forward the story yeah. was about the fight you know what i mean so like we're watching we're invested in this character and people debate back and forth of course there's a lot of unrealistic things about it clearly However, I do think that they balanced it enough with enough uh, realistic elements. Like, I love the reloads, like the tactical reloads that the, he has to do. Th mm -hmm. I mean, there's also just the pacing of them. I don't feel like there's a lot of lag time. I didn't find myself bored at any point in time while watching those movies. 
Am I necessarily wanting seven more? No. I know that they're going to make a fourth, which is a little weird to not just stop at a trilogy. Um, but I also really like the world building. You know what I mean? I like the world that they created. I think nothing is worse in an action movie than when the camera's like a foot away from the people oh watching and you God. can't like see anything. I don't know who's freaking responsible for that, but it is a trap. It's so obnoxious every time it happens. Mm. It's like, what's the point of watching the movie? <laughs> like, what are we? Why am I looking at this guy's sleeve during the struggle? I want to see their faces. I want to see something. Like, I don't um, know. I don't know if um, the the terminal here allows for movie clips, but um, if you've seen recently uh, the original Predator, um, the Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Um, the very first scene where they're um, they they go in and they think they're just facing the people in the jungle not the predator yet right um for almost 10 minutes straight it's just up close of the army men shooting you don't see what they're shooting you don't see who's shooting at them it's just up close of them just like firing their machine guns and it's like i'm sure there's some pretty cool action going on but i, 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 I <laughs> can't I see can't, it i can't see it so well you know and it's it's interesting because i feel like some things work well with that i think specifically horror i think a lot of times more is less where yep. if you leave it more into the realm of the imagination something gets scarier and scarier where you're seeing yep. maybe the things that it's leaving behind but they're not showing you in high definition what the thing actually is because by shrouding it in mystery i feel that it makes it a little bit more intense a little bit more scary but you and I would probably also differ on a lot of things involving horror because you're more prone to watch horror movies than I. Because don't you like horror? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I enjoy a good psychological thriller. Okay, psychological thrillers. I, I, yeah. I feel like we could both sort of agree. Do you have, like, a, a favorite horror or suspense movie? Um, I definitely do. Um, let me see. Let me look up the, the terminal. So I want to make sure I say the right name. Um, I like the Insidious movies and the Conjuring movies. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're fun. I wouldn't say they necessarily fall under psychological thriller, but they're fun. <laughs> I, I, I've, I've talked about my feelings about, about horror films, and it's just, it's no fault of anyone else's. It's just what my tolerance level is. Like, even, <laughs> I don't know if I told you this, uh, there was one time I was watching The Dark Knight with a bunch of people and I had a plate full of food, like pizza, and a glass full of soda. And I was sitting there watching Dark Knight. And I'd seen the movie many times by this point I was watching it. But there's one mm -hmm. sequence when the mayor yeah. leans mm -hmm. against the window yeah. of his office. <laughs> and he's talking to Gordon about, like, it's not just, like, they're going to come after all of us. Like, we're all going to be in danger or whatever. And right then a dead figure smashes into the window suspended by a rope. And I remember, yeah. I don't know if I had just looked away from the screen for a split second. And when I looked up, that's what happened. But I jolted and I sent food and drink flying everywhere. <laughs> because I was like, even in non-horror movies, I get jump scared so easily. And the feeling that I had, the tightness in my chest, I'm like, oh, I can't imagine going to a theater and being like, I want this for two hours. I feel like there's definitely studies out there on people who enjoy that type of stuff. Like, there's got to be some type it's of... Gotta, I mean, it's got to be, like, the adrenaline junkie, thrill-seeker mm -hmm. personality, more likely, who's mm -hmm. willing to go in for that. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. 
Which maybe maybe True. it could also even go back as far as just mentally it, about control mm. <laughs> and just like I don't like it when there's a bunch of unknown variables. Like That's I true. Yeah. I can know all of the uh, major plot points in a movie before I see it, and I'm still perfectly happy watching the movie. It could be spoiled, and I'll still enjoy it. Like, I know yeah. for some people, they absolutely... Some people I know literally avoid all trailers. Not some trailers. They don't watch any trailers. They, like, don't look up at the screen in the theaters when, mm -hmm. when previews for movies are showing. And I, I don't know. To me, even more recently, I just don't care because a lot of times... There was a, a good run where I was noticing that a lot of stuff that they were showing in trailers wasn't actually going to be in the movie. It was either cut content or voiceover over sequences that don't line up perfectly. It's like they pick and choose and sort of scramble together a bunch of random moments to make a trailer. But it really doesn't spoil mm. all that much. Mm. But again, yeah. it could just be the fact that that doesn't bother me. And some people really just they want to go in complete surprise. They know nothing about it. So basically, anti-Marvel. <laughs> anti-Marvel. Oh, dude, Where fatigue. You can watch the trailer. Marvel. And leave knowing the plot. Marvel fatigue is real, man. Mm -hmm. I um recently I recently gave up on it. Um, or at least gave up on caring as much as I did. I still watch. I watched the first episode of She-Hulk that came out a couple of days ago. I I enjoyed it, but I think I've stopped caring as much that I have to see the next thing to know what's coming next because it's just, it's on, it's nonstop nowadays. Yeah. It was actually really interesting. I was looking at, I was watching a video today and I pulled up, uh, they pulled up like a picture of everything that was in phase four of Marvel. Mm -hmm. And I, I can even, I'll pull it up here on the terminal. And I started laughing to myself because I realized mm -hmm. that I haven't seen, let's see, I've only seen, out of everything on that screen, Black Widow. That is the only thing I've seen from Phase 4. Nothing else. Well, you want something else? Um, right now on the terminal, if you could look up, uh, they've announced Phase 5 and 6. Wait, they released 6 as well? Uh, I do believe so. Because I, I knew about 5. I mean, 5 I just looks like a bunch of gobbledygook. I don't think there's much of 6 announced, but like a, a, a few. A few tidbits. Do you feel like the fact that they're releasing that much of their schedule this far ahead of time is indicative of desperation? Like, do you think that them trying um, to say, hey, we're, don't worry, guys, we're going to do this, this, we're going to do this. Do you feel like that's coming from a calm, uh, cool, calculated position or more from we have got to get these people back in, in the theaters. So we need to just crowd so the next couple years with content. For me to enjoy a story, it has to be very clear that there was a clear story purpose from the beginning. Um, mm. so, so there's a reason I haven't gotten into like Dragon Ball because it's been going since like uh, someone's gonna correct <laughs> me here, but like 1980. You cannot tell me that a story could go more than 30 years with a consistent story that builds. Like, I'm sure it's a great show, but I need to cut like a very much start and end to a story. Right. So I I do appreciate that they know where they're going. So at least it's not like, Hey, we'll introduce this character. Don't know how we'll bring them in later. So I, I appreciate that they know where they're going. Um, I think my issue with seeing so much for one, we started with Thanos. Thanos is a massive villain and it, it did take 10 years to get to him granted, but you have to up 
up the danger every time mm. with a new big bad, you know? Yeah. So you start with someone who can snap away half of the existence. That's pretty massive. Yeah. So how do we up that? How do we up that? Okay, we get a guy who can... I don't even know Kang's abilities. Whatever, let's... You know, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Let's say he can destroy a reality. Okay, so what's next? Destroy two realities? Like, yeah. how how do you keep those stakes getting higher and higher yeah i feel like they sort of in a weird way they sort of painted themselves into a corner too soon like they could mm -hmm. have been building to thanos for a long time before they actually got to it and i understand they needed payoff you almost need like mm -hmm. waypoints like micro bosses to take down and i understand that because not every character that they introduced ever felt near as threatening but i think it's just I think they sort of screwed themselves in the first place by making Thanos the first big, big bad because mm -hmm. they knew that his plot line was going to involve the Infinity Gauntlet and erasing mm -hmm. half of everything. Like, that's pretty intense. But mm -hmm. then at the same time, if you think about it, it's kind of goofy because, well, I guess not. Technically, Thanos posed a greater threat to the galaxy or whatever. I don't know how far his snap reached because... I know that, like, because um, yeah, Ultron I mean, was going to kill everyone. Ultron was going to kill everyone. Well, you, you, and then you run into the, you know, um, in Loki, you know, he finds all the Infinity Stones and he says they're just paperweights around here. Uh, yeah, so that's. Obviously, the snap didn't affect them. <laughs> so it's like, well, even though he was our big bad, how much did he actually affect? Like, if, and if everything he was searching for was just a paperweight. This kind of really goes very well with what you were saying about Dragon Ball and a lot of different properties, mm -hmm. which is this whole idea of, like, a power scale and mm -hmm. how you constantly have to keep creating characters who are stronger, better, mm -hmm. faster. You know, the whole Daft Punk kit and caboodle, the whole thing. You have to keep introducing things that pose a threat. So it's like, at mm -hmm. some point, your power scale is just broken. That's why Superman mm -hmm. movies don't work super well. Like, yeah, because... He has to be out-intellectualized. Yeah, he's work. so overpowered. Like, so many characters are overpowered. Where it's like, how am, are we possibly going to create any sort of stakes? The bigger the enemy gets, the better and crazier your allies and your heroes have to get. Which just makes mm -hmm. less and less sense why anybody's ever able to get one over on them because it's like mm -hmm. all of your heroes at this point are wicked overpowered scarlet witch is crazy overpowered she's way too Which, strong okay. for anybody have you, seen, have you seen the new thor movie because if not i'll just sideline on this i i i have not okay well then i'll sideline never mind but exactly what you're saying where it's like new things get introduced and it's like all right what's going on Speaking of super crazy, intense things, this is mm -hmm. kind of a, a random thing to the side. Before we started the episode, I don't know why I decided to look this up, but I wanted to know what the fastest a human being has ever traveled. So not mm. like over just by foot, just in general, what the fastest is. Oh. And the oh, answers are crazy. So It has to be in space. So this is, it's crazier than that. So Okay. On the ground, this article, the fastest oh, okay, speed clocked by a human being was 760 face-melting miles per hour. So, 1997, in the Nevada desert. G-forces, someone would feel. Yeah, so they were That's in, like, a, a rocket-propelled thing, yeah. right? 
that was that was on the ground in the air the air force's x-15 jet reached mach 6.72 which is 4520 miles per hour okay yeah that's uh which i don't remember how it says here that if look up here the speed of sound it says here that if you uh blah 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 at that speed, you could circumnavigate the globe in just over a hundred minutes. Okay. So less than two hours in this plane, you could go all the way around around the world. Well, then that's well beyond the speed of sound. Yeah, th th that is crazy town. That is insanely fast. How many miles per hour is that, did you say? According to this... Uh, clocked by human being was blah, blah, blah. So I don't, you know what? I'm not sure if this means that a person was inside. Okay. I, I assumed so because the article was fastest speed ever achieved by a human being. So I'm assuming yeah, that there's yeah. someone in there, but it says here it? the it's, uh, let's see. It is 4,520 miles per hour. Five times the speed of sound. Yeah, because it even says, you know what? I just looked up in the in 1997, just that ground one, 760 miles per hour broke the sound barrier, uh, yeah, which is yeah, so much tamer than <laughs> than 4,520 miles per hour. That mm. is incredibly fast. All right, I know it's not going to be anywhere close, but I'm going to look up the speed of light. I know it's not going to be anywhere close. The speed of light in miles per hour is six hundred and seventy million six hundred and sixteen thousand miles. Holy per hour. moly. So this is kind of it. I was also thinking about this. We we discussed oh. some of this, uh and this kind of blew up all over the internet, obviously, but the James Webb Space Telescope. Yeah. And I swear this is related. This kind of goes back to movies as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which is you you saw Interstellar, right? Mm-hmm long time ago but yeah so basically this is crazy i i don't remember if christopher nolan has a background in physics but i know that when he was creating interstellar he was in dialogue with um physicists because he needed to yeah. generate that black hole basically for yeah. the movie interstellar and basically this was crazy so that movie interstellar changed mm -hmm. how scientists viewed what black holes would look like yeah because they took the mathematics and put it into a rendering software basically mm -hmm. so they took the math plugged it in and they had an expert sort of presiding over it and they hit yeah. like the generate button to make it start generating an image and the image yeah. was bonkers because it was a black hole but it had that band of light around it yeah. and they take it to this scientist and they're like, hey, is there something wrong with our software? Like, can you, like, confirm what we're looking at here? And the scientists are all losing their minds because they're like, oh, my gosh. No, that's that's right. That's what it would look yeah. like. So it actually, like, advanced how they viewed black holes, the movie Interstellar. Yeah. Like, that's so cool to me. And everything with, like, the James Webb telescope. Like, yeah, I, I don't remember... I feel like I heard somewhere recently where it was talking about how if we sent a like a, a satellite out into space towards 
some distant star or whatever in a hundred years we could make something that would catch and pass it or something like that i don't remember what the quote was but it was crazy and everyone gets all up in arms about like traveling to different planets but i gotta be honest if all i get to do in my lifetime is just look at some of the photos that james what the james webb telescope has sent i'm perfectly happy with that <laughs> uh they've released quite a few since those initial five yeah quite a few um Mm. yeah one of my favorites is uh let me see if you could look up on the terminal it's called the cartwheel galaxy cartwheel galaxy um you might even see where it's kind of cross examined with the hubble images um the cartwheel galaxy is pretty cool to look at oh wow yeah yeah it's pretty cool i mean it is um so we have um at least that we have observed um, several different types of galaxies, um, and this what this one I do believe is called um, a spiral galaxy. Spiral. I'm trying to look up right now. Um, so yeah, we have a spiral, um, much like our um, Milky Way. It is a spiral in nature. Um, spiral, I do believe, is the most common because you have your heaviest object in the middle. Your kind of supercluster of whatever is in the middle. That's the heaviest. Right. Kind of like if you were to sit on a trampoline, everything would kind of start going in towards the middle. Yeah. If you were to roll a ball. Um, yeah. So that's it's a spiral galaxy. It's just highlighted, very cool, like to look like a little like a wheel. Yeah. It looks so so cool. I could I could look at photos of this sort of stuff for hours, and I'd just get lost lost in it. What's cool about this picture and all the other pictures um, that James Webb has taken? Um, a lot of people see these images. And we're used to seeing pictures of space and thinking these dots are stars, right? Or like, you know, just like we look out in the sky, if I were to step outside tonight and there was no light pollution, I would see stars. Right. But every dot you see in this picture is actually its own galaxy. Holy so moly. Not even, not even um, solar system. Like, not even like we go around the sun and we have our planets. I'm talking galaxy. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, so you can ignore, now you see those um, to the right of the spiral. And down at the bottom, towards the left, you see it kind of looks like a snowflake. Yeah. Um, ignore those. Those are actually stars. Those are stars within our own solar system. Uh, either solar system or galaxy. Um, that are sort of in front of our view yeah. of. Gotcha. I don't know how the technology works, why we can't filter them out. But yes, those are within our own either solar system or galaxy, one of the two. So ignore anything that spikes, ignore. Because that's Interesting. something we've already seen. Well, these pictures sort of reminds yeah. me of of something that I, I, I wanted to get your thoughts on because it's been on my mind recently, mm. which this whole idea of, of just scrolling and looking at photos from the James Webb telescope for hours on end. Something else mm. that I could do seemingly forever is yeah. using Wombo Dream, which is that AI art generator. Mm. And watching it generate art. And I was thinking about this and I wanted to get your idea, your your thoughts on this because it's mm -hmm. kind of become a whole thing. So between mm -hmm. AI Dungeon, which is a story generator, and now oh, you have a bunch okay. of even more complex art generators. I don't know what the most recent one is that took the internet by storm. Oh, I don't so remember many. what it's yeah, called. So mm -hmm. But people are able to make frighteningly realistic mm. or seemingly unaccidental renderings of things using nothing but an yeah. AI that scans the internet for related images and sort of combines them together by relevance, right? 
and mm -hmm. the degree to which it nails the prompt is mm. somewhat frightening and and yeah. it's sort of i feel like this topic sort of came into the public eye probably three years ago when the whole deep fake thing started happening mm, where stuff, yeah. when that first sort of exploded onto the scene people were legitimately mm -hmm. concerned like you can make someone yeah. Oh, yeah, look like someone else sound like mm -hmm. someone else and say some terrible thing or yeah. yeah you can you could do so many horrific things using these insanely yeah. powerful programs and i'm just wondering at some point in time it's going to happen there's going to be like an ai generated movie or an ai generated painting that ends up in a gallery and maybe the entire gotcha of the message is going to be what you just experienced was entirely generated by an ai so that way people are sort of duped and i feel like it's going to take something like that where before people are like whoa like i was just taken it's, for it's a ride funny that you say that because there was a scientist um I, I couldn't even tell you his or her name or their position but it was at the height of the james Webb telescope and it was, it was really funny because they meant it very innocently they they posted this picture that uh i'm uploading to the terminal right now right okay and they said a new planet has been discovered near our solar system that could be inhabitable and news stations ran with it. They published it instantly. Um, some pe it was even on some people's nightly news that there's this new planet we hadn't even found yet. And the scientists had to come out and say, hey, I'm really sorry this was a joke. That's a piece of salami. <laughs> <laughs> no so, way. Yeah. Um, and that's the picture that they had posted. Um, it was probably a better quality, more not so rectangular, but yeah, that that's just that's just a piece of lunch meat. I just found, <laughs> hold on. I just found the article. French scientist's photo of distant star was actually chorizo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's so. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, that's they, so they funny. Really they were like, "Hey, this was a joke. Like, it wasn't supposed to be." Etienne Klein's tweet was liked and retweeted thousands of times before he revealed he was trolling and the photo showed was a slice of sausage, not Proxima Centauri. Yeah. That's so... Why? why is he just a, a, a mad lad? Is he just a meme lord? I, I have no clue. That's so fun. Like, that's so funny. <laughs> like, that that's legit. And who says scientists don't have a sense of humor? That's so goofy. And the fact that so many people were probably legitimately, like, ex excited. Oh, we get to go populate Planet Salami. Like, nobody saw it coming. No one saw it coming. Speaking of French scientists, have you seen the clip of the crazy dude who jumped off of the Eiffel Tower with his wingsuit? No, I'm not. Okay, hold on. Let me find this. This, this was, a, like forever ago this was like someone trying to test out their own flight suit mm. which obviously is sad yeah, it's sad, sad but i gotta tell you the music playing behind it mm. and as he just it's so unceremonious like out of no that just like an oversized coat my man why did you try it from that high mm. it's that just reminds me have you seen people in wingsuits still like jump out of some sort of low-flying plane or helicopter with wingsuits and then like 
the helicopter or plane will get lower and they'll land back inside the same plane. No way. Yeah, I have no article ready to show you or anything. I've just, I've seen the videos. Did it's, you say I'm helicopters? Sure um, I, I'm going to assume not. That's a, yeah, that one's, <laughs> that one seems like a bad idea. That one seems like it could go very, very, very wrong. Yeah, definitely. Um, if you look at what I put on the terminal, go to like the one minute 30 mark. The rest is kind of just explaining the mathematics of how this works. Also, I don't know the name of this particular type of plane, so it's not a helicopter. It's like has the propeller in the front. Um, I, I don't know what they're called, like a stunt plane type of. Plane. Yeah, it's like a. It's a little bit like a Cessna, like a prop. Yeah. So if you go to like the one minute thirty mark, uh, basically the last minute and a half is just gonna explain the math of how this all works, like how small of a window he has to make this work. And if you Holy just, uh, crap! Um, so he's falling with style right now. Of course, this is fan. Red Bull. Yeah. So um, um, these two guys in wingsuits are essentially mm -hmm. the the pilot of the plane is in like a slow descent, and the two guys mm -hmm. just sort of sidle up next to the window and sort of just fall into the plane from the side. Yeah, just fall in from the side. Yeah. Which could go so freaking wrong. Go wrong so fast, yes. If you go get out ahead of the plane, you're going to get killed by the <laughs> propeller. If you no. go too low, you're just going to miss the plane and go underneath it. Like, yeah. so many things could go wrong. <laughs> um, but yeah, I knew I wasn't crazy. I knew that was a real thing. And with that smooth transition, it's now time for everyone's favorite segment of the show, fake or not fake off-brand soda names. Ba -da -bum, okay. Ba -da -bum, right, -bum. Yeah, okay. After I did just find the video of the man jumping out of a helicopter and landing back in the helicopter. Dude, that is so very we'll dangerous. Yeah, we'll, we'll do that after. <laughs> yes, so, my favorite segment everyone's favorite segment everyone's favorite segment fake or not fake soda so what i'm gonna do yeah. is i'm gonna read off a brand name and you're gonna tell me whether or not it's one that i made up or one from an actual list i have pulled up of off-brand soda names all right okay. so your yeah. your job is to just say real or fake okay. you ready mm -hmm. mountain lightning uh, real. Very real. It's the Optium Mountain Dew. You are correct. I wanted to start off with yeah. an easy one. Mm -hmm. Mountain Lightning is just like so yeah. lazy because they just looked at the Mountain Dew logo and were mm. just like, there's mountains in it and there's sort of electrical stuff coming off it. Call it Mountain Lightning. All right. I feel like it's more inspiring than just the dew of the mountain. I suppose. I suppose. Like if I'm trying to get an MLG gamer clip, I feel like I'd rather have lightning in me than dew. <laughs> That's also true. <laughs> Anyways, go ahead. It would be it would be funny though if Mountain Dew all of a sudden just apropos of nothing changes the order of the mm. of the the title and just calls it Dew from the Mountain instead mm. of Mountain Dew. That would be a little bit yeah. more poetic. All right, here's mm. another one. True or false? Citrus Sling. False. I've never seen that. This is true. It's and true, okay. Citrus sling, like slingshot. Yeah. yeah, that's that's kind of fun. It, sling some citrus. It actually looks... <laughs> you know what it, it looks like? like? Old-timey slur. Like, you <laughs> citrus slinger. <laughs> you, you look like the kind of man who would throw fruit at a man and knock his hat off. You, you citrus, citrus slinger. slinger. 
<laughs> All right, next. Captain Cooler. I want it to be real. This is false. Oh. I made this one up. Okay. I just had to come up with the most real. bland possible name <laughs> possible. Cooler. I mean, that's pretty cool, yeah. Captain Cooler, like, yeah, Captain yeah. Captain Cool? Like, somebody was named Captain Cool, and he's like, nah, I'm Captain Cooler. At some point in time, there has to be someone whose last name was Cool and actually mm. achieved the rank of Captain. And now I actually Captain have to look cool. this up. Because I want this person to be real. Well, um, I had my, uh, my dad had a good friend in the military. His last name. I always thought this was so funny. His name was Hot. His last name was Hot. Like H-O-T. Hot? And I'm like, can you imagine being like Sergeant Hot? <laughs> General Hot. General Hot. <laughs> like, that's, that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's the last one. True or false? Lemon Lime Rhapsody. See, every time I hear Rhapsody, my mind either goes to Queen or a city full of people rapping. <laughs> Rap City? Rhapsody. Welcome to Rhapsody. Yeah. I'm Captain Cool. Lemon Lime Rhapsody. So it's like city full of people who love like Run DMC and Sprite. <laughs> yeah, it's just a Sprite commercial. <laughs> you know what? Um, I'm going to say it's real. Lemon this is rhapsody. fake. I I made this oh, up. Come on. All right. All right. Well, I failed everyone's favorite portion. Well, no, you you got some of them. You you got some of them right. Some of the other ones in the list were just altogether boring. Lots of them are just like, they're they're not even citrus drop. Like what? What? Yeah. what? Doctor Bold was on here too, which is real. I feel I feel like, I don't know. With I was talking with one of my buddies. We one of our inside jokes is we'll take like. Super Smash Brothers, for example, and you just mm. change each word to a synonym, but it's still the same title. So it's like come up with an alternate name for Super Smash Brothers, and the results are always hilarious because it's like Ultra Bash Bros, or or no no no, you can't use Bros, Ultra Bash Fraternity. Like you could just keep changing it each time. <laughs> just Ultra Bash them. Yeah, you could just change every word from Super Smash Brothers into something else. So it would be like Mega Tussle <laughs> Mega Tussle kin Kinship. <laughs> like he just change it into something so much dumber. All right. So I'm going to bring up something. Um I'm going to put it I'm uh, I will type it out on the terminal we were talking about movies earlier and i was thinking what is the biggest boss a movie could face and i thought the bechdel test <laughs> have you heard of the bechdel test i have heard of the bechdel test um all right so I... for our friends out there who have not heard it um there are kind of varying rules but the general rule is uh three rules that two women have a conversation conversation lasts at least the whole scene conversation has nothing to do about men and you'd think that's not very crazy until you realize I can't name a single movie that would pass that. Yeah. And and it could just be how scripts are. I think it probably has a lot to do with how strict the third rule is, which is the conversation has nothing to do about men. Like, it depends on how strict that rule is. Whether you can come uh, within a secondary or tertiary. Okay, so I'll, I'll give an example. If there's a war going on and it's mm -hmm. two women talking about the war, they never actually 
name drop any dudes. They don't talk about their significant others. They don't talk about just, anything, but they just bring yeah. up the war. Like, how strict do you have I to be? I would say that's, that's fine. I think it would break it if they were talking about their husbands who had gone. Well, yeah, that definitely would. But, like, I don't know. I feel like a lot of times... I'm not even sure who... Because, obviously, I'm, I'm curious when was it... Uh, like developed because the Bechtel test? yeah because i'm sure it's something that movies should always strive for but kind of mm -hmm. like you said um whether or not people can actually do it successfully might not be mm -hmm. super easy just depending on what sort of script you're working with oh okay we have a list of movies that has passed the Bechtel test let me tell you this list is about 10 movies long. What? I'm sure there's more, but this is going back. This Okay, this is going back to 2001. I'm sure there's some that they missed. Uh, ones that stand out to me. Uh, chill out Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo passed the Bechdel test, so... <laughs> so so, so everyone else needs to pull their freaking game up. <laughs> um... It's come full circle. Dragon Ball Z Super. Hey, Super. good for them. It, it, they, you know what? I might give it a try. If they can if they can do it, who, who knew that their power levels were over 9,000 passing the Bechdel test? All right. Um, <laughs> thing two. Thing two. So our animal friends passed the Bechdel test. Um, and... Batman, The Long Halloween, Part 2. Part 1 didn't make it. They they couldn't do it, but Part 2 made it. So. <laughs> that was the biggest um, audience complaint after Part 1, actually. Oh, wait. Is this a whole list on the left? Oh, no. There's a whole list on the left. Um, Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Let's give it up for Chippendale. They passed the sexual test. Let's go. I, I, don't, I don't... I thought the movie was about two brothers, so I'm a little confused there, but... <sighs> Let's see here. Anything? Top Gun Maverick. You know, that really surprises me. I'm not going to lie. Well, you know, it's kind of interesting, though, that you say this because I feel like whether or not a movie passes the Bechtel test can tell you a lot about its how well the script is written. Because mm -hmm. another caveat of the rule, based on what I'm seeing on Wikipedia, is that mm -hmm. uh, the two women be named... Uh, as mm. like one of the other potential rules so it can't just oh, be two okay, random okay. characters it actually has That's to be characters character. that have names so okay, i feel okay. like that a movie sense. that cannot or doesn't pass the bechdel test probably isn't great at establishing character to begin with uh let me tear down that whole argument because texas chainsaw massacre also passes it well, Texas. I haven't seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Maybe it's either, but I, maybe I, I, it has really good characters in it. I don't know. What I'm saying oh, is, yeah, if no, a movie doesn't pass the Bechdel test, especially in modern day, it mm. could tell you a lot about how well the script is written. Wow. So yeah, Bechdel test. Maybe that will be the final villain for our Avengers. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Passing the Bechdel test. <laughs> there's a movie um i'm sure it's a wonderful movie called i looked up other movies that passed called uh passing the Bechtel test that's called finding ohana it's like probably like a hawaiian but okay i read it as i read it as finding obama 
Finding Obama's last name, the movie. <laughs> in there, we have two female characters that passed. All right. So, yeah. That... <laughs> the, the Bechtel test <laughs> is the final Avengers boss. Yeah. I mean, and they're going to... What? This super meta boss because that's that's what you were talking about earlier the only way you can raise the stakes any higher apart from the universe is a judgment of the actual films so the bechtel test creature or deity mm. comes down and actually lists all mm. the marvel movies and if any of them don't pass everyone dies <laughs> they're judged on a scale i i, I would watch that I, I would. <laughs> 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 bigger than galactus galactus shows up the bechtel test creature crushes him under their boot and it just brings up giant golden scales and puts all of the marvel cinematic universe and weighs and weighs it yeah it's it's, it's avengers 5 the patriarchy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so question i i wanted to circle yes. back around to this yes 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 With, with the whole bird thing, do you like mm. tie little messages to their feet or something? Like, mm. what do you do for like? Do you just feed them or or what do you do? Um, you know, I feel like I have a, a great perspective, being the only one who can see the outside world in this building. Um, so, uh, believe it or not, people are kind of just like walking around out there. Um, so I'm not sure why we're still here. Um. And so I like, I'll try to like tell the birds to take a message to the, the people down there, and they never do. Um, and then I'll try to make like paper birds. I'm trying to stay like within my team, you know. I don't want to. Right, right, right. Yeah. Can't I'll, be throwing paper, paper like paper dogs off the top of the roof. No, no, they didn't. They didn't lean over and say dogs. Right, um, right. So I've tried, but. Nothing crazy. Um, yeah, I, I kind of feed them my lunch, which I've had to stretch out over the past, you know, however long we've been here um, to keep them coming back. And I just kind of do what I can, you know. So this is kind of interesting. I was looking up carrier pigeons because I wanted to know mm -hmm. where the heck that started. Because even yeah. as a kid, I thought the idea was a little far-fetched. Like, mm -hmm. the degree of accuracy or reliability was probably very... <laughs> low right so yeah. apparently there was a a freaking bird named share a me brave carrier mm. pigeon who carried the news of stranded american soldiers who were in danger she delivered this message despite being mortally wounded share me reached the base with information with a bullet-sized hole in her chest and her leg hanging on by only a few tendons she saved the oh. lives of many soldiers and became a hero uh but i was trying to figure out like who the heck discovered this where they're like, there's a bird. Oh, it just flew away. And then like three days later, they're like, oh, look, a bird. It's the same one. Let's use birds to carry mess. Like, how do you get from there's a bird to quick grab it and strap paper to its foot? Like, how do you get to that? It's just so curious because they were used in World War One, And apparently Germany would even hire marksmen to like shoot them down. Basically, to intercept whatever messages <laughs> that the birds were carrying. But apparently, they were also sent with tanks and boats, just in case. And then they just definitely released the pigeon. I, you meant... I, I definitely heard you wrong. I thought you meant the pigeons were sent with tanks. 
No, no, no. They didn't make little bird tanks. <laughs> that would have been awesome if you just had a bunch of tanks and then just a smaller tank sort of following behind. Yeah. No, they used to have just like an emergency pigeon with them in case they couldn't go anywhere and they needed to send help. I, I'm thinking it brings to mind a man that could have very much used a messenger pigeon. I don't know if you've seen this story. There was a Nigerian cook who um, was trapped. Okay, so the ship itself, so the ship itself had sunken, and he was in a con like a container part of the ship, but it had sunk in just the right way that um, it made an air pocket. Oh gosh. Um, and he'd been stuck in this tiny little, I mean, tiny little air pocket. Let me see. Um, there, there's a cross section somewhere um, that shows how tiny this air pocket is. But this man stuck underwater in a tiny little air pocket for three days. Holy, I didn't know it was three days. Um, but... You've probably heard me giggle earlier. They did not, this random news article did not do my man well. Go ahead and scroll down to where you see like the, it's the random news articles that's like interrupts it. It's like a little commercial for it in the article. <laughs> oh okay. no. The next line, the next line, I put it in the terminal, what, he, what they said about my man. The chubby cook survived on only one bottle of Coke. Why would like, you say that? <laughs> Why would you say that? This man survives for three days, testifies about how he heard his friends getting eaten by fish, is getting just eroded away by salt water, and all of that gets surmised down to the chubby cook. <laughs> that is so messed up! <laughs> the chubby cook survived on only one bottle of Why would you- why did you add that detail? That's so strange. It's not even like, rel it's not relevant to anything at all. No, no, it's not. That's, that's so, what's this guy's name? Hold on. See, that's, 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 that's what's awful. I don't know his name, but I know he's Ojeg a Ojegba Okene. Okay. I think it's well, underneath the first picture. He's a tough man, but man, he got, Dude, can you imagine A24 is going to make a movie about this guy? Like, can you imagine the first really act? Like called the Chubby Cook. The Chubby Cook? The first <laughs> act is literally just... Like Chubby Chase. The, ch <laughs> the first act is literally just him doing his job, and then the boat sinks, flips over, and he's submerged under there. Like, can you imagine? Like, that is a horror. Like, that is a nightmare to me. Because... That's such a slow way to go. Because, like, I wonder how they found out that the boat sank and how they knew sure where they to look. Uh, well, I mean, three days. I'm sure they knew the first day the boat had sank because communication stopped. And then I'm sure they just checked along the route. Because I know um, that... It actually said in this article that... Um, the first time a diver searched the ship, the this guy um, heard him, like saw the air bubbles coming up, but they didn't find him. So then they came back later. So I think they found the ship pretty quickly. It was just finding any people alive in it. 
Okay, so this is crazy. Two flashlights that he had found gave up after less than one day. So now he's in the dark. It's black, just sitting there in the water. How did he find the coke? This man is incredible. They do, uh, coke needs to sponsor this man. Next time there's a commercial, I better see about how like, it'll get you through a shipwreck. Okay, so the Jascon 4, which I'm assuming is the boat, was resting on the yeah. seabed upside down at a depth of about 100 feet. Okay, so, so that's actually not terrible. The it's not horrible, but you're stuck in a, a, a coffin filling with water. Ain't no way you're getting back up. Right, you're not, you're not getting... It's so pressurized, your... and you have a yeah. limited oxygen supply, and, and you're in the dark. Let's say if, the, if the pressure... Let's say our, our water pressure isn't a thing. Holding your breath long enough to find a way out of the pocket you're in. Because you still have to go through the rest of the ship. You're just in one pocket of it. Um, get out of that pocket, find the correct route, and then go up 100 feet. Your lungs would have to be insane. Wow. And yeah, he was, only, he was the only survivor out of 12. Wow. Just complete luck that he happened to be in a room that would air pocket. Okane said he made a pact with God when he was at the bottom of the ocean. And then as a quote, when I was under the water, I told God, if you rescue me, I will never go back to the sea again. Never. That's crazy. Yeah. That's... The ocean's terrifying to me. The... The oh my, yes, absolutely. Terrifying. The ocean is horrific. This guy needs his own movie. Mm -hmm. I would absolutely watch that. Like, the I mean, the sheer will to survive. Um, it brings to mind a fear. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. I'm going to horribly mispronounce it. Um, uh, let me try my best. Thalassophobia? Thalassophobia? Um, I very much have had this since I was a child. It is the fear of things larger than yourself in the ocean. So like you being in the ocean with something larger than you. Okay, I think that's a perfectly reasonable fear, but do you feel like it stems from anything in specific for you or just in general? I don't know. I think it started with sharks for me. Sharks. Um, I remember I was on the swim team most of my childhood, and we had a weird pool setup. Um, so you had your laps, like your, your, your area designed for laps on the left, and then on the back right... Um, there was what we called the deep end, and it was just a little square with a little rectangle of the pool that went down to 10 feet. And it was where we would practice whatever. I don't know. Whatever. Name it. Um, but every time I was doing my laps, because the water got so deep, it naturally got darker. I would always imagine sharks just chilling out at the bottom, and they'd always, like, come out and get me. Like, whatever. Oh, dang. And so I think it's it always started there. Um, i trying to find pictures that, like, really... I mean, like, I can't do... Like, you know, you, you mentioned earlier horror movies. There's one type of horror I won't do is deep water. I don't mm. care if it's like a, a B movie, like awful, not like Barry Benson, but like like a B rated <laughs> movie. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I can't do it because I just like imagine myself there and I'm like, well, I'm helpless here. I can't outrun it. Yeah. Like, I yeah. Can't do it. Oh, oh, I think I'm like, yeah. I mean, I think that just sort of goes in with the idea of you are in a hostile environment that human beings are not made for. So even if you're in 
something man-made, the fact that that could fail any minute, and then you're just yeah. exposed to someone else's backyard, to put it frankly, yeah. you're you're like a deer in the city. It's like mm -hmm. this area was not made for you, and there are so many things that could go wrong. Yeah. Well, that and... I think is a perfect place to end off is thalassophobia. Yeah. yeah, whatever you pronounce that. And uh, again, m maybe I'll I'll try and find a, a parachute of some sort, and yeah, maybe if I can find suit. my way don't back here. So good good luck with. Yeah, I won't make a wingsuit. Inspired yeah. by birds. Inspired by your birds. Good luck with your birds, I guess. Yeah, you know, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Good, good, good luck with that. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening. And uh, see ya. See ya.